Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boys, Alex and Anthony. Today, we're discussing Daniel Jones. Now, it kind of feels like it's all but done um, that he will be back with Big Blue in 2023. Now, I know Anthony may have a different perspective. We're going to have a little debate about this, and I think it's going to be a fun one because I'm on the edge of of really leaning toward, I think he's going to be with us. I think he's going to be the guy that they entrust their faith in does that mean i believe he will be uh successful in the future it doesn't necessarily uh, i'm not gonna say that i'm not gonna go as far as to say that but i will say this i think he's done enough to justify having a chance with better talent and not the crap that dave gettleman somehow whipped up for him um you know kenny galladay obviously has been a non-factor they tried to get him a wr1 every single quarterback you see josh allen patrick mahomes they all need that top guy now patrick mahomes is travis kelsey a little bit different a te1 and one of the best receivers in the game you look at stefan Diggs. um you know you can look at Jeff- justin jefferson with kirk cousins kirk cousins is generally like an average quarterback it's not that good but you look at what he's doing with justin jefferson it makes that offense potent it makes that offense work um let alone having dalvin cook in addition so uh, then I got TJ Hawkinson from the Lions. And then, you know, look at Jared Goff. You got yourself, you got yourself Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams. They're adding wide receiver talent. And the Giants are sitting here in our top receiver right now is Isaiah Hodgins. And I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. 84% catch rate this year. I really, really like him and uh, the future with uh, him as a piece on this offense. Uh, but at the end of the day, they don't have the necessary tools to give Daniel Jones everything he needs to be the best version of himself. And I think that's what the Giants may want to offer him. And Brian Dable saying, this alone, you know, you you guys, most of you guys are probably seeing the clip where he was like, that's how you freaking quarterback. It's a little bit worse of a word there. But uh, ever since he said that, it kind of has convinced me a little bit more that he believes uh, that Daniel Jones will be the future um, on this team, at least, you know, for another year or two. And I have a couple concepts I want to run by you guys. But Anthony, before we dive into this kind of interesting segment, how are you doing to my friend? I'd love to hear your perspective on Daniel Jones and maybe the probability of him be, uh, sticking around. I'm doing great, and I'm excited to talk about this because I think that this probably stems from a lot of recency bias. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been a huge Daniel Jones supporter ever since he's been with the Giants. Anytime the Giants have any player at any position, I want to see them succeed. And I think that we've seen the best version of Daniel Jones from his career so far this season, and I've been really happy about that. He's winning football games. He's playing well. He's keeping the ball clean. Brian Dable is clearly getting the most out of him, but... I think we should define future because if we're saying Daniel Jones's future with the Giants seems all but secured, well, how long-term of a future? Because in my opinion, I do think that he's played his way to at least a one more season. You know, I think that he deserves a chance to have another year to grow under Brian Dable and Mike Kafka's offensive toolage. I think he deserves that. He's earned that so far. The Giants are on the cusp of the playoffs. And let's see what happens if the Giants do make it to the postseason and Daniel Jones goes on a run and wins some games in the postseason. That changes the conversation entirely. But right now, as things stand and as Daniel Jones has had the first four seasons of his career, and let's see how it wraps up, I don't know if I'm actually confident that his future is all but secured here because when you look at other quarterbacks around the NFL and you look at the way that – let's Josh Allen, for an example, as you mentioned – He had a very unlimited tool set. He's got the big body, a cannon arm, can throw the ball like 80 yards. He also has his legs as a factor. He's a tremendous player that Brian Dable was able to get the most out of, maximize his talents, especially when they got him that WR1. So I guess my question is, 
Do you believe that Daniel Jones has that unlimited tool set and all he needs is that killer weapon to go out there and unlock that tool set? But if you don't, if you feel like he is a little bit limited, and I personally think he might be somewhat of a limited quarterback, then I don't know if he really does have a locked in secured future here. But again, the way that he's played this season, he's definitely played his way into at least one more year with the Giants, whether that be on the franchise tag or something else. But he's definitely played well enough to at least wear the Giants blue one more year. But after that, I think he's really just entering another prove it year and we'll see how it goes. But to answer your question, um, do, does he have the unlimited tool set? Does he have the expansive you know, variables that you would look for in a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? Can he throw the ball sidearm? Can he throw on the run? Can he run the football and not fumble? He's got to work on sliding for the record. Maybe he has some baseball over the summer um, and just try to get his sliding down to second base. You know, this is definitely a situation where Daniel Jones um, is limited in some areas, but he also has the lowest interception rate this season among all starting quarterbacks. So I will say this. The Giants were not committed to him before the season. How do we know that? They rejected his fifth-year option. If they believed in him, if they thought he was the future, he would be on his fifth-year option next year. But they didn't. They wanted to put him in a spot where fight for your job. You know, fight for what you actually think you deserve or maybe what you want to earn. You know, and, he, and he's done that. I think he's put enough on the field to justify being with the Giants next year and uh, whatever contract, maybe they franchise that tag and maybe they put him on a two-year deal at $20 million per season. We're going to see. I mean, it's impossible. Honestly, anyone that says they know how much Daniel Jones is worth has no idea what they're talking about because it is arguably impossible to actually figure out what it is he is worth. Now, I think he's going to stay with the Giants. I think he knows the organization. He's seen how much his game has progressed this year under Brian Dable and Joe Shane and this new coaching staff. And I think that the, the steps forward he's taken outweigh the negative ones. In fact, I can't point to a single thing that he's done. Uh, he's gotten worse at this year. Um, maybe the long ball, but that's only because the scheme has dictated a lot more short passing concepts. Now, I've seen Daniel Jones actually getting through his progressions recently, like going through one, two, three. He's actually been going through his progressions more efficiently this season. He's been holding on to the ball better, maneuvering through the pocket a lot more efficiently. Um, now, if you give him more time in the pocket, the Giants don't actually run a lot of true pass sets because their offensive line is quite shit, for lack of a better word. Uh, but at least their interior line, and, and Evan, Evan Neal, for the record, has not been good this year. We we've, can acknowledge this. Do I think he's going to be better in the future? I absolutely do, but he hasn't been good this year. Right tackle's been a liability. Uh, right guard's been a liability at times. John Feliciano, I don't know how the hell he became an alternate in the Pro Bowl, but somehow he sat there for four hours as a computer voting for himself to get in. I don't exactly know how the hell that happened, but it did. Um, then you look over at the left guard spot, still a kind of rotation um, kind of playing Russian roulette every week, whether it's, you know, Ben Brennison's okay, but he's been injured. Nick Gates, not a traditional spot. I'd rather have him at center every single day of the week. And then uh, Josh Azudu has a neck injury. It's not career-threatening, but it is a long-term thing. He's done for the year, most likely. So Daniel Jones, though, um, to answer your question, kind of going full circle here, does he have the full tool set? Can he run the football? Yes. Can he throw the football downfield? Yes. Is he accurate in short to intermediate throws? Yes. Can he throw on the run? I say he's average. He's not above average. And that's the biggest variable, in my opinion. Um, what makes Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen so great is that when a play breaks down, they find ways to extend it and they find ways to turn nothing into big plays, like absolutely something. Daniel Jones is still working on that part of his game. But the thing is, Josh Allen didn't really become good at that until year three under Brian Dable. Year three under Brian Dable is when he really hit his stride. Now, the question is, do the Giants have enough time to wait for Daniel Jones to get that good? I think he could get to that. I think he could find his way to that level. 
Um, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of patience. He's out. He's got the work ethic for it though. Every single person. And the that's part of the reason why he's still in that room right now is because his work ethic is, is next to none unparalleled. And they love the guy. They love the, what he brings to the team. You know, he's been a leader in that clubhouse or that locker room and he's done a lot of good things for them. But, um, I don't think his, his, I don't think his toolbox mirrors Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, and it's not even close. Like, he's not as good as them. He never will be. Like, I want to get that straight right now. He will never be as good as them. But the alternative side is, who is going to replace him? You know what I mean? You want to go get Lamar Jackson and give up three first-round picks? Probably not. Do you want to go look at the draft? Will Levi, um, you know, uh, Richardson, Anthony Richardson out of Florida? There are two options the Giants have in the draft if they want to go with their guy. And someone said this to me on Twitter. What if the what if the new management wants their guy? Um, that's the problem is that who's to say there even is a their guy in this draft class. Will Levi Richardson There's a couple other guys, you know, Bryce young, uh, CJ Stroud, they're going to be gone early. You know, like they're gone in the first 10 picks for sure. Probably the first five picks, the giants moving up into the first five picks. You might as well trade for Lamar Jackson at that point, an established player. You're going to have to give away two first round picks. Might as well throw in the third and get Lamar Jackson. Right. Um, who's going to be, you know, who is a superstar. Um, but with that being said, Anthony, What's the alternative? If you if you're like I don't know if Daniel Jones is the guy. I don't think he's uh, the right option. Where do you look? Uh, where, where's the other option for him? What's the alternative? Is it the draft? Is it a trade? Because um, I think that's the biggest argument. Is like Daniel Jones has shown enough to be with the Giants moving forward, and the the main argument around is that there's nobody really else uh, to to put in his place, and I think that's what's going to keep him in New York longer. Yeah, I think that is the main question mark. What's the alternative? And especially considering that the Giants are going to have a late first round draft pick. You know, they have played well enough this year. Daniel Jones deserves credit for that, for getting them into hopefully the postseason, getting them a late first round pick, maybe even saving his job in the process because of that. There isn't really a clear avenue for how the New York Giants can go out there and upgrade the quarterback position. But a couple of things that you mentioned that I want to hit on, the passing depth, right? So we're talking about he has a very low interception percentage, the lowest in the NFL. He's been tremendous with keeping the ball clean. I give a ton of credit to Daniel Jones for that. I also give a ton of credit to Mike Kafka and Brian Dable for that. They've clearly reined him in and helped him become a more efficient and less turnover-prone quarterback. But one of the reasons why is because of his passing depth. Now take a look at how frequently Daniel Jones is throwing the ball down the field, and you'll realize it's not frequently at all. He's only thrown 20 passes this season of 20-plus yards, which is a 4.9 attempt percentage. So only less than 5% of Daniel Jones's passes are traveling 20 plus yards down the line of scrimmage, which is lowest in the NFL minus Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is the only one with a lower percentage at 4.3%. And then the next lowest is Joe Burrow, ironically, because we know that he has the ability to go deep, but at 7.8%. So 4.9 to 7.8 is still a pretty large discrepancy when you're talking about percentages of passing depth. So Daniel Jones is keeping the ball clean, but a lot of is the fact that are the Giants maybe afraid to tr entrust him with a deep passing offense? Because when Brian Dable came to town, we thought that they were going to start airing the ball out. We were going to see some deep passes, explosive plays, right? Because that's what we saw in Buffalo during Brian Dable's entire tenure with the team. But then he comes here, and the Giants' offense is actually really conservative. And now there's two things to draw from that. One, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, they're very adaptive. They know that they don't have any of the talent in the receiving core or on the offensive line that they need to throw deep. So they're winning games by being adaptive and playing conservatively. Okay, great. But also, 
do they trust Daniel Jones? Do they want to give him an offense, give him the keys to an offense and let him throw the ball downfield? Now I have that question. I personally am not sure if they do trust him because they haven't really asked him to do all that much. They've asked him to be a game manager. And that goes to my second point here. Perfect way to segue is do the Giants and do Giants fans want to settle on a Jimmy Garoppolo or maybe a maximum of Kirk Cousins? Or do you want to swing for the fences and find that Josh Allen, that Patrick Mahomes, you know, one of those high end quarterbacks? That's the question mark. That is the big question for Joe Shane and Brian Dable entering this offseason. And if they decide that they just gonna, they're just going to give Daniel Jones one more year on a franchise tag, then that'll be the big question going into the following offseason. Every year, that is the question. Daniel Jones is what he is. I think this is high end Daniel Jones performances. This is what they look like. Man, winning games by managing them. And and yeah, he's won the Giants some games here. I'm not calling him simply a game manager. He's got the ability to run. Jimmy Grappolo doesn't have that. Neither does Kirk Cousins. And Daniel Jones has made some clutch plays down the stretch to win the Giants games this season. So I'm not discrediting him on any of that. But like you said, he'll never be Josh Allen. He'll never be Patrick Mahomes. He's never going to be one of those MVP level quarterbacks that's slinging the ball sidearm 55 yards for a miraculous touchdown. That's not Daniel Jones. But do the Giants want that or do they want Daniel Jones, a game managing Jimmy Garoppolo-esque QB? And that is the question. So what is the alternative to wrap it, to tie things all together to answer your question? What is the alternative here? Well, the alternative would be swinging for the fences. You pretty much throw all of your assets into whatever quarterback you think is your guy. If if Joe Shane is looking at the draft and he's looking at some of those quarterbacks like the one from Kentucky, or he's looking really high end Ohio State, Alabama, top of the first round, if that's his guy, he's going to swing for the fences on that guy the same way that he did and he helped Brandon Bean do for Josh Allen. Let's not forget, Josh Allen was a trade-up. That was a trade-up move. They did not just wait for him to fall into their lap. They were aggressive to go get their guy. Patrick Mahomes, also a trade-up. Those guys are those teams are always aggressive to find their quarterback. The Ravens as well for Lamar Jackson. These, these best teams in the NFL sacrifice assets to find their guy at the quarterback position. The Giants, maybe they did inherit their guy, and this is the offense they want to run. They want to keep it conservative and win games with a game-managing quarterback in Daniel Jones and just build talent around him. If that's the case, then expect to see them try and make a Stephon Diggs-esque trade for a receiver. Get Daniel Jones a superstar, unlock that next level. Maybe you turn him into a Kirk Cousins, who's actually pretty damn good when he needs to be, right, rather than just a Jimmy Garoppolo. So, But that, that that's really where this, this situation comes to – comes to a close here is it's really Joe Shane making the decision as to whether or not he wants to swing for the fences and find that MVP caliber quarterback. Cause you said it yourself, Alex, Daniel Jones is not going to be one of those superstar QBs that can make a play happen every single down, but he can be your, your game manager. And we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo make it to the Super Bowl, and Kirk cousins and the Vikings have had some very successful seasons. And there's no doubt that they are playoff and maybe even Super Bowl contenders this year. So I think you can win a lot of games with Daniel Jones, but it's just how limited do the Giants feel he is and how many assets do they want to pour into that position versus the other positions that surround Daniel Jones. Yeah, and so here's the thing is that I don't want people to get confused in the sense that you don't have to have a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes to win a championship. You know what I mean? I mean, look at look at Joe Burrow. I mean, great quarterback. He can't look, run look like at that. Eli Manning. I, mean, I was that was Giants the next person. I was yeah, Giants up. fans should know because Eli Manning wasn't a Patrick Mahomes. Run. Yeah, he he was not that at all. Two so big it, throws, yeah. two special moments defined Eli's career. The plaques, the the catch, uh, the catch to David Tyree, and the and the catch on the sideline to Mario Manningham. Those are the two plays that defined his career. Without those plays, he doesn't win two Super Bowls. You know what I mean? That is all it takes. 
it doesn't take Josh. It doesn't take Josh Allen's frame and 200 rushing yards and Patrick Mahomes to throw a sidearm throw. It just takes two, one or two special moments when it matters most to win Super Bowls. That's all it takes, guys. And not to say that Eli Manning didn't do it all throughout the postseason when he was there, because he did. He did a lot of different things. But those two moments are the ones that everyone remembers. And the, and the reason of that is because it happened in the biggest moments, and it was the two biggest plays in his career. Um, you know, obviously, you remember the Hakeem Nix uh, touchdown against the, the Falcons in the wild card round. And there's a lot of things also have to happen on the defensive side. You know, the defense, I mean, think about that. Like Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck, OC. You got to have Kayvon Thibodeaux. You got to have Aziz Ojolaris and Dexter Lawrence's. These are all different variables. The quarterback cannot do it all. But with that being said, if the Giants are sitting in the, in the let's say, in the 20th pick in the draft, they have 20th pick, 20, 20, between 20 and 23, I'd say, is probably where they may end up. Um, and Anthony Richardson's there on the board for them out of Florida, and he's dropping a couple things because people are saying he's too raw. He's not ready to make a contribution. He should have stayed in school an extra year. Teams are starting to think, oh, you know what? He can't, he can't help us now. What, what's to say the Giants will say, you know what? Let's go. Let's draft that kid, and then we're gonna sign DJ anyway, and we're gonna and we're gonna let him sit like Brett Favre and let Aaron Rodgers sit for two, three years. We're gonna let him sit behind, you know, like Jordan Love with the Packers right now. Even though I don't think Jordan Love's gonna be that good, um, you know, there's there's teams that have pulled that off and it's been successful. Even um, Tom Brady and and Drew Bledsoe, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many things. Think more recently, Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. Josh Allen was a project when he came out. And yes, he did start as a rookie, but he was a project. And the same narrative that you have for Anthony Richardson and some of these other quarterbacks, too raw of a prospect, not polished enough, not ready to start day one and succeed. Same narrative that they have for Josh Allen. So if Joe Shane is, you know, the talent scout evaluating Anthony Richardson or any of these other prospects, and he has a similar grade like he had for Josh Allen, best believe he's going to go out there and try and get his Josh Allen again. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing, though. Like, the Giants could decide, let's go get ourselves a project quarterback who has the raw talent to become that good. You know, like, these days it takes it takes a truly special quarterback to win you know football games if your defense isn't that good and a lot of these teams like the bills have a great defense and the chiefs have a good defense it's not great um but you know you can't have the best of both worlds you can't have an elite defense and elite offense every single season you're going to lose players players are going to regress injuries happen you need like that that big time quarterback sometimes is what pushes you through and obviously everyone's looking to strike gold um, taking a shot on an athletic freak like Anthony Richardson. Am I saying that he's the guy that they should go with? I'm not, I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying that it could be Will Levi. If he drops, it could be anybody, um, you know, hooker or whatever. So like you could see, I could see Joe Shane going for a quarterback in the, in the mid, maybe trading up a couple picks, not giving up any significant capital, getting a guy with high upside and letting him sit behind Daniel Jones for two years um, and just playing it like that. And then, you know, the problem is if you go that route, you sacrifice a first round pick that can help you win right now. And uh, that means the rebuilds a little bit of a, on a different timetable because there's the free agency class for the wide receiver position is very, very weak. Unless you're willing to give up your 2024 first round pick for a receiver, um, which is possible, I guess. Maybe you don't have to give up a first round pick at all. Maybe you go and you look to try to get a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who um, you know, it looks like the Arizona Cardinals about to tear things apart. Maybe you go and get a Hollywood Brown, you know, trade for one of those guys. They're not going to be first round picks at this point in their career. I'd imagine. I think DeAndre Hopkins, maybe you're going to need to put up a third, second round pick to get him. Um, there's possibilities. I think that might be the way they go. What do you think about that concept? Yeah, I think that actually brings up another idea for me because you, you tweeted this out uh, a couple of days ago talking about maybe the Giants go out there and they try and find that Stefan Diggs level player, right? Because rather than investing a first round pick 
into a wide receiver or some some sort of skill position player. The Bills went ahead and invested it via trade and got an established veteran. But let's think about who the Giants could actually get in a scenario like that. So you wouldn't be talking about receivers who are about to be a free agent in 2023 because obviously they're no longer under contract once we reach the offseason. But you're talking about wide receivers who will be a free agent in 2024. So let's take a look at that list. And Alex, you tell me if you're willing to give up a second or first round pick for any of these guys. Mike Evans, and keep in mind, he's over 30 years old. I'm not giving up a first. Personally. No, definitely not. Okay, opinion. next next one on the list. Jerry Judy. No. Right. At maximum a second, but with one year on the deal, I mean, and you got to sign him to a contract immediately when you trade for him. The right. second round pick is also pretty steep. I don't right? even want to okay. get a second for him. Exactly. Now, next up, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Definitely not a first. Maybe a third. Absolutely not, right? Calvin Ridley was just traded. No one's going to trade for him again. And he's also almost 30 years I'll old. Give, I'll give him 100 bucks to bet on FanDuel. That's about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll take a 60% cut of his winnings. <laughs> um, T. Higgins. Not a first. I give up but... a two for him. I like T. Higgins. I give up a two for him. Possibly. But is that your established wide receiver one for Daniel Jones? Or are you getting a very high-end WR2? Uh, I mean... That's a high-end WR2. He's not a WR1. Exactly. So I, I wouldn't even make the trade. Michael Pittman Jr. I think I love thing. Michael Pittman. I, I love do Michael. too. I think he could be a wide receiver one with the right with the right scheme and quarterback. So I, I think, think I I know you probably remember when he was coming out of the draft. I was a huge Michael Pittman fan. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. him ranked way higher than most people, but I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't give it up. I wouldn't give up the first or second for him. He's so one. young and still has a deal. I think he still is. He's twenty six years old actually, so he's not even. Or at least he's pretty maybe young. will be when he reaches the uh, the market. But whatever. Let's go to the next one. Gabriel Davis. Okay. No. He's a he's right. a wide receiver too. He's a good compliment to a guy like Diggs. Right. And I think that is someone that maybe he's looking for a contract. And since Brian Dable, Joe Shane have familiarity with him, mm-hmm. they can go ahead and grab him and make maybe. him a compliment to whoever they get. Maybe they right. go with a receiver in the first round. So I'd, I'd actually keep an eye on him for future episodes. We could yeah. talk about him. And then um, Darnell Mooney, which is no shot. I but, like Darnell Mooney. He's he's not a wide receiver of one, but he, he's got yeah. some talent, that kid. Yeah, and Tyler Boyd is also on the list. Corey Davis, yeah. Curtis Samuel. There's some other guys four. out there, but listen, none of these guys are. You know what I like? I'll tell you what I like. Not a wide receiver one, but McColl Hardman, big fan of him. I would not be surprised if the Giants brought him in to be a wide receiver, like three, wide receiver two, maybe for them next year. I mean, Mike Kafka, obviously a lot of familiarity, uh, knows that system pretty well. I could see him being a target. Yeah, I like McCall Hardman as well, but really I think the point stands though when you look at all of these players that we're talking about who are going to be getting that contract extension, so it could be mm-hmm. trade candidates this offseason. None of them are that Stefan Diggs-level player. They are right. not well-established WR1s that you trade for, and instantly it transforms your offense and propels a breakout season out of Daniel Jones. So that's, again, what's what are the Giants going to do with that, that pick? What are they going to do with their draft capital? Maybe they just – throw it at a quarterback and like you said have him sit behind Daniel Jones for a year and I think that's a viable option and another thing that I'll even add to that and I, I gotta I gotta make it clear if Daniel Jones is a starting quarterback next year I am happy with that I have no complaints I love DJ and I think that we can win games with him as evidence from the season but let's say that the Giants go out there and they do draft a quarterback this year and then Daniel Jones on the franchise tag throws for 35 touchdown passes proves us all wrong he is the unlimited Josh Allen level quarterback 
Okay, then you just trade that first round quarterback. Look at what the, the Dolphins traded to get Josh Rosen after a failed year in Arizona. They traded a second round pick for him. He's a bust. He's been going from practice squad to practice squad. But first round quarterbacks do not lose their value for two to three years until they bust, until they really bust out of the league. So you can draft a first round quarterback in 2023 and trade him in 2024. And you're still probably getting a second round pick without that player even sniffing the field because <laughs> Josh Rosen, he sniffed the field. And he made the field smell like shit. <laughs> and he still yielded a second round pick for Arizona. So just think about that, how crazy that is. So I, again, we'll see what the Giants do and how they how convicted they feel for Daniel Jones. And again, I think he's earned his way to at least another year with this team. But if they go out there and draft a quarterback, that doesn't necessarily mean that Daniel Jones's time with the Giants is over. It just means that they're playing their cards and they're surveying their options. If Daniel Jones starts to really struggle, that young rookie comes in and maybe he's better. And if not, Daniel Jones plays really well. At least you drafted a position that holds its value and you can still get some value out of that player in the future. I'm going to throw out two names. Uh, this would be kind of trade uh, candidates. I don't know how realistic they are. But you give me your perspective on it. Um, one of them being Keenan Allen. I know he's very injury prone every year, but you know they have Mike Williams. They may look to, tr to draft a receiver and maybe just replace him with a younger option. Uh, maybe Keenan Allen's a, a trade opportunity. Maybe maybe there's something there. I know, look, the injuries scare the shit out of me, and I don't necessarily want to go down that route. But if they're willing to take a reasonable deal, he's a wide receiver one, and he's probably the best receiver we've had since OBJ. Um, another guy, Amari Cooper, you know, just went to the Cleveland Browns. Maybe they look to offload him. They have uh, Deshaun Watson's ridiculous contract about to smack the shit out of them. So I, I definitely think that they might be trying to offload some bigger deals, and Amari Cooper is making a, a nice a pretty penny uh, to say the least. So maybe they go down that route. Maybe they want to go get an Amari Cooper. Who's a very good route runner. And I think he'd actually fit our scheme very nicely. So, you know, there, there are guys, but it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of names out there that could be on the move. I actually like both of those names. I'm actually a huge Keenan Allen fan. Um, and I think that that does make sense. And he will be a free agent in 2025. So if you look ahead to one more year and you see some of the players that might be available, then you're talking CD lamb, you're talking players from basically that draft class, Elijah Moore and uh, Jamar Chase as well. He'll be a free agent that year. Right. But some of those veteran players, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and a few others, Amari Cooper as well. So, yeah, that, those are two really solid names that you threw out there. And I think both of them, while they're a different flavor than the guys we had initially you know, presented, those younger players who you want to build with long term, these veterans could be step in day one, stopgap for two year, really solid wide receiver play, and then you draft someone two years later. So I like right. the idea of Keenan Allen or um, Amari Cooper as well. Again, great route runners. Both of them have the ability to play inside and outside and could be just what Daniel Jones needs in terms of a very reliable, solid hands and great route runner uh, wide receiver to go ahead and finally score some touchdowns, which is something Kenny Galladay is allergic to. <laughs> well, he, here's a here's an idea that may be intriguing. Um, what is the probability that the Giants maybe go with the Jackson Smith and Jiba out of Ohio State? Maybe go with a guy like that, you know, someone that has a WR one kind of stature and maybe um, translate to the NFL. I know he's been injured this year, but he's very, very, very talented. So, what if they go with him in like the twenties, which I think he'll be around in that range, um, and then they look to go a step further. And acquire like there's going to be a team this year, probably the Cardinals, that are tearing apart their franchise. You know, uh, Ken, Kyle uh, Kyler Murray just tore his ACL, right? Like he's done for next year too, pretty much the entire season, um, or maybe not the entire season, but maybe halfway. So you're going to have to. They're they're basically like 
we're really screwed because we just signed him to a monster contract and he's now out for a majority of 2024. We should probably start getting draft capital back because we're not really going to be that competitive. They may have a big coaching change that Cliff Kingsbury could be fired at the end of the day. Um, you know, this, he's definitely on the hot seat right now. So if that's the case and they bring in a new coach, bring in a new GM, maybe they're going to be sellers, you know, Deandre Hopkins, please, you know, you go and you draft Jackson Smith and Jiba. And I don't know if I'm saying his name right, by the way, please correct me if I'm not, cause I hundred percent sure I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, you go and get a guy like that. And then you go and trade for a Deandre Hopkins. You have a young stud and you have a WR one in Hopkins. Um, that's the best group of receivers Daniel Jones might ever have in his career. You know what I mean? Plus you got Daniel Bellinger going through. You got Isaiah Hodgins really making some waves. You got Sterling Shepard probably coming back next year. He's the energizer bunny, probably really, really cheap contract. You still got some pieces. Uh, Darius Slay, maybe they keep him around on a really cheap deal. Uh, there are guys who have value on this roster that will be good uh, complementary pieces, but there is a strategy here. Like don't like there, there is a way to get Daniel Jones pieces, but the way that they do that means they can't draft a quarterback. They have to commit to DJ. And I think they're more, I'd say right now, the probability is, is more likely that they go and add pieces for DJ than try to replace him. Cause you're still setting your team back by not giving him the necessary weapons, which is why I'm putting it in the 85 to 90% range probability that he will be here next year. If not more than that, I think, he's done enough to show Brian Dable that he's willing to learn and the steps that we've seen him take this year. It's like clear as day. If you can't, if you can't agree that Daniel Jones has taken a step forward, you're not watching the games straight. It's as simple as that, right? His pocket presence is better. His turnover rate is better. Everything about him is just a lot better. So what probability would you give him right now that he's back next year? Daniel Jones coming back next year, I'd give at least an 80% chance. And honestly, I you could even throw it at 100%. I think that he's here and he's playing for the New York Giants next season. He's earned that. The Giants are on the cusp of their first playoff berth since 2016. And Daniel Jones really is a big part of that. He's kept the ball clean. He's made plays down the stretch. He's shown up in fourth quarters and he's put together game-winning drives, clean, great drives that he's led himself. So, yeah, Daniel Jones is going to be here next year, but I don't think that that necessarily – cancels out the possibility of the Giants looking what at what they can do elsewhere at the position, right? He's going to be here, but that doesn't mean that they don't draft someone to sit for a year or they don't draft someone to compete with him in camp or they don't try and make a trade. I, I just think that Daniel Jones, he really does deserve it. You got to give credit to the guy. I mean, all of the hatred that he's gotten from Giants fans, from NFL fans, like all over the place, you know, constantly the punching bag of that draft class Daniel Jones was even the day that he got drafted with Giants fans booing him. He's come a long way. He's proven himself. He's quality. He's a quality quarterback in the NFL and he deserves to be rewarded for it. So I hope that he gets a contract with the Giants for another year or so. And he absolutely does deserve it. Now, long-term, no, I don't want to see him sign to a five-year mega deal because I don't think he's necessarily earned that after one season of solid play, but he's earned something after one season of solid play. So he'll be here next year. And I hope that he continues to build in this Brian Dable offense and maybe does have that electric breakout season next year with a new receiver and a couple shiny toys on offense to play with. So I think that he deserves it and he'll get it. But I don't think that it necessarily stops the Giants from seeing what they can do at the position in terms of swinging for the fences elsewhere. We're going to find out, my friends, but I'd love to hear your perspectives below on uh, YouTube. And this is definitely an interesting discussion. We've kind of touched on a lot here, touched on a lot of futuristic plans, strategies. And we're going to go through them in more in depth uh, in the coming weeks and months 
once the season concludes and we start to hear a little bit more about what's going on behind the scenes and what they're thinking about Daniel Jones. I think they're probably going to try to hammer out a deal pretty quickly because I think they don't want him to go to free agency. I mean, let alone like keep in mind, DJ could walk. DJ could say, why do I want to stay here? Well, there's, you guys don't even have a freaking receiver core. You know, I could go somewhere else that has an established team and maybe plug a position that if they like me enough and I can go and play there. But I think he's loyal. I think Daniel Jones loves Dable. I think that he's taken steps forward this year and he recognizes that. I think his best chances at long-term success is with the Giants and being comfortable right now where he is. Um, and I just hope he keeps staying off social media because I mean the fan base definitely loves to talk about him in a lot of ways that are more than that are more than negative. So always uh, happy to see that he's kind of staying away from that and not buying into the negativity because that can be that can end players' careers and it has. You know we've seen players go crazy because of that stuff. So hopefully uh, he continues to develop, grow, and and you know hold on to the leadership and the and the and the coaching that has been displayed this season and continue to grow in that sense. But always happy to hear perspectives and opinions below in the YouTube comments. Make sure to like and subscribe as always and stay safe out there with the holidays coming up. Sending our love to you and your families as always. We'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Giants episode.